All right, Earl, first of all, uh, if you were selecting some youngsters who were coming out for catcher and junior and senior high school, would you be looking for a particular height and weight? Would that matter to you? I would say uh, to a certain degree, yes, uh, because a catcher has to be uh, mobile uh, behind the plate. And I think size can be a hindrance at certain times uh, on certain uh, plays at the plate, certain activities. I'd say maybe a guy about uh, six foot or six one, about 195 to 215 pounds, around in that area. That would be, I would, in my opinion, that would be like an excellent size. I would say uh, Johnny Bench is a, is a superior size for a catcher. He's got just about the right combination of, of everything for a catcher. Should a young catcher exercise their legs a little more than the other players at other positions? Would, would you have them doing that? I would, yes, because uh, the position demands a lot of uh, leg strength and also uh, leg flexibility. Uh, you're constantly squatting, and uh, the reason that it, it's so important for your legs to be strong is that uh, it invariably tires you out. Uh, catching is a very demanding position and uh, it can affect other aspects of your game uh, and it certainly uh, takes away from your leg speed after a while mm -hmm. and that's, I'd say that would be something very important for the young young uh, ball players to do. Mm -hmm. Equipment is very important to a catcher. Uh, as far as that young catcher is concerned, what important factors would you say that he should think about regarding his shin guards, his chest protector and his mask? I think he should uh, always make sure that his equipment fits him properly. Uh, the equipment comes in various sizes and it is adjustable and you should wear your equipment uh, to fit you snugly uh, without cutting off your circulation of course, but it should fit you rather close um, because of the protection factor number one and because of the fact that uh, the equipment is a hindrance to, you, to your movements at times and if it fits you if, it, if it's ill-fitting, you know, it can hinder you if your chest protector is sliding all over the place mm -hmm. and your shin guards are slipping off. Mm -hmm. And your mask certainly should uh, fit tightly against your face because of the fact that you are going to get hit in the face on occasion. And uh, if there's any looseness, it will kind of be a double blow. It will hit the mask and then the mask will hit you. Right. You know, So it's, they, the equipment should fit snugly. I would like you to also say something to them about taking care of that equipment because they don't have the equipment managers in those schools that you have in the big leagues and I would imagine that uh, you know that's something that it really has to be a big part of them. Well you have to just kind of keep your equipment clean uh, and especially your mask because uh, a lot of times you know the mask gets dirty and you can it can irritate your face you know you should uh, wipe it out every now and then with a little alcohol just clean it off uh, because it gets so dirty and grimy in there and hot, you know, that uh, it's an excellent place for uh, bacteria to grow, you know, and it'll get on your face and it can break your face up. Okay, is there a particular kind of glove that they should look for? In other words, they go in the store with mom and dad and they say, all right, now what kind of catcher's glove do you want? What would you suggest? Well, I think it's a matter of just personal uh, preference. Of course, they have basically just two different styles of gloves. There's a glove with no hinge, no break, mm -hmm. and then there's a glove that's more flexible. It has a, a little crease in it. It has a break. It's kind of 
like a, a first, first baseman. Base mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of personal preference. Of course, uh, most of the catchers nowadays are one-handed catchers, and uh, they use the, the glove with the brake because it, it allows you to, uh, to catch one-handed. Basically, the, the glove with no brake is definitely a two-hand glove. You're not going to have to use two hands on the ball to use that type of mitt. But it's a matter of personal preference. All right, now, uh, should they put the entire hand in the glove? Now, this is a young catcher just, mm -hmm. just starting out. What would you suggest to them? Well, I, don't, I leave one finger out uh, the way I do it, but uh, I, they say that it gives you more control and more feel uh, of the glove if you have all your fingers inside the glove. But uh, it's just a matter of getting used to something and doing it your own way. As long as you can catch the ball, I, I don't think there's any particular particular way you should put your hand in the glove, as long as it feels comfortable on your hand. All right, now, speaking of those crouches as we did before, what kind of crouch should they get into? A half squat, full squat, uh, with their rear end sitting on their heels, one knee on the ground, or what? And this is a question well, I think they ask more than anything. Different times during the game, you'll be in a different position. Like, if there's a runner on base and uh, he's a threat to steal, you're in kind of a half a crouch because Great. you're going to have to come up throwing. Right. Uh, if it's uh, maybe a one-sided ball game that we're winning, you know, 10 to nothing or something, then uh, you can get down on one knee and kind of give yourself a little rest. You know, but in any, and then at various times when your legs get good and loose, you're going to be down in the full squat maybe while you're giving the sign, and then you come up into a, a semi-squat. But I think it, it's kind of dictated by the game situation, the, the position you assume. Uh, if it's not a particularly... Uh, post-ball game, you can relax a little bit and get down on one knee and give yourself a little rest. But when the runner's on base and uh, things of that nature, you have to be up and you have to be ready. All right, a question that I have been asked by coaches to ask you, because many of them really don't know much about catching, when their kids ask them, Coach, when I give the target, I'm down in a crouch and I give the target, and let's say I'm giving it on the outside corner of the plate, does the kid get in his position in the middle of the plate and then reach over with his glove for the target or does he move his body over so that the target is in the middle of his body? Well, a lot of times that depends on your pitcher. Some pitchers like you to get out there wherever you're giving the target. They like your body to be there also. They say, if you're going to give me a target on the outside part of the plate, I want you to squat on the outside part of the plate. But a lot of hitters are kind of smart. A lot of hitters will stand there and if they see where the catcher is, mm -hmm they'll kind of guess and, and figure that the ball is there. So the, the basic thing with a target, I think, is to, of course, major league pitchers are different. Their, their control tends to be, you know, a little better. Like you can give a target yes. and uh, the ball will have a tendency to be somewhere in that area. Uh, after, when you give your target, you move slightly in the direction that, that the ball is supposed to be coming in so you can be ready. Say if you call for a breaking pitch on the outside part of the plate. As the pitcher starts to deliver, you slide toward the outside part of the plate in, the, in anticipation of the ball being out there and also in anticipation of maybe being a little too far out there and uh, you'll have to be ready to get out there and catch it. But the target is something that the pitcher and the catcher work out. The, the pitcher tells the catcher what, what he wants him to do behind the plate. All right, that leads us into the next question then when you talk about going for that pitch. If the pitch is really wide outside to the right, is the step a slide step or is there a crossover step? 
Well, that no, that varies. I don't think anybody does that exactly the same way every time. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you even reach for the ball if it's if it's exceptionally far outside. You should try to slide out, you know, because you usually you don't have enough time, you know, on a hard a hard thrown pitch to cross over. Uh huh. You know? You just kind of try to glide out that way. That's the reason you're moving that way anyway, in kind of anticipation of the pitch doing something crazy like that. But you try to slide out. You try, you try preferably to get in front of the ball. And if it's in the dirt, you don't try to, if the ball is in the dirt, you, you actually don't try to catch the ball. You just drop to your knees and plug up the hole between your legs with the, with the glove. And you try to let the ball hit you. And just keep it in front of you. A lot of times, I'll catch myself, I'll miss a ball in the dirt because I tried to catch it instead of just letting it hit the ground and then hit me. Because the, your first reaction, of course, is to try to catch the ball. Yes. You know, if you see the right. ball, you try to catch right. it. But in the ball in the dirt, you're supposed to just drop to, drop to both your knees and get low and tuck your chin and watch the ball. Because if you, if you have your head up, this is when the ball can hop up and hit you in the throat. That's a good point. You keep your head down, you tuck your chin, and you just try to let the ball hit you in the chest, and you, kind of, you round your shoulders a little bit. So if it hits you there, it'll have a tendency to fall in front of it. All right. Getting back now to the catch, the actual catch itself. Mm -hmm. There is varied opinions among coaches who really, again, they're not that knowledgeable, and they're guessing a lot. Do they teach the youngster right off who was just beginning to learn to catch, to catch with the one hand or to catch with the two hands? Well, when I first started to catch, the first thing that was impressed upon me is that you should try to keep your, your throwing hand out of the way uh, at all times, except when there's somebody on base and you're going to have to try to catch the ball with two hands. Mm -hmm. But uh, basically, it's a one-handed catch, except when there's somebody on base. And uh, you try to protect your meat hand because it's more vulnerable to injury, of course, because uh, it doesn't have any, anything on it to protect it. And you're going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that meat hand, that bare hand, in a fist? Well, when it's behind you, no. You know, you can have it behind you. Maybe you can have it on your thigh or uh, just rest it on your hip, you know, and you try to keep it. You know, just palm flat against you someplace, and you catch the ball with your other hand. Uh -huh. Now, when you have to have a, a situation where you have to have your hand in there, you do ball it up into a fist, but you keep it loose. Okay. You know, you don't sit there like that. You, right. you keep your hand relatively loose but closed. And then, of course, it, you're going to have to open your hand at times you know, because when you're catching the ball, because that's the first. You don't catch the ball like that. You know, when you're catching the ball with two hands, you catch the ball like that. With the so hand open. Have, right. When you're getting ready to catch the ball, you, your hand opens. Okay. You know, and it's just a matter of a... That's the time that the, the risk factor enters into it. You know, your hand's open. You can get hit now. You know. That's a good tip because I know a lot of guys who say have their kids in the fist, and that's the way the hand goes into the glove when the ball is there. So I, I appreciate that. All right, now the throw. Uh, when they're throwing for a pickoff, does the catcher take the ball immediately out of the glove and put the ball back over the shoulder near the ear and then let go or a wind-up? Well, you know, they used to say a lot of that uh, you have to throw directly over the top or you'll never be a good catcher. Well, Thurman Munson is an excellent example 
of a guy who throws sidearm, underhanded, straight over the top. He throws from about every different position, and he's a good catcher. So the best way for you to throw is the way that you throw, you know, because a lot of times people's arms get injured. Say if you have somebody who throws naturally three-quarter and you try to make them come straight over the top, a lot of, that's how a lot of pitchers' arms get hurt. You know, somebody tries to change the delivery so they can get more rotation or something like that, and the guy comes up with a bad arm. Uh, and they also say that about third baseman. You know, you have to, you know, give a nice throw. Brooks, he throws any kind of way he can, and uh, Cleet Boyer through sidearm and what have you. So it's uh, there's no ironclad rule. The best way to do it is to get, just get rid of the ball as quickly as you can. The, re the release is the most important thing in the throw because you don't have to have a particularly powerful arm. If you have an accurate arm, then you have a quick release. And when you're trying to pick somebody off, it's the element of surprise, so it's got to be quick. You know, generally, you wouldn't draw all the way back. You know, you just kind of mm -hmm. try to pop mm -hmm. it from there. All right. Then the, the question is here also, an attempted steal is second base, and you're going to throw down there. Mm -hmm. Do you hop out and throw it, or do you just throw it right from your position? I generally generally get a little hop into it. Of course, uh, there are certain pitches that are hard to handle, and they don't allow you to do exactly what you would like to do. You know, like sometimes, you know, the pitch might be low and inside to somebody, and now you got to, first of all, you got to catch the ball. Yeah. That's the first thing you have to do is catch the ball. Then you have to try to make a good throw, you know, only after you catch the ball. Because yeah. a lot of times uh, you'll bungle the ball because of the fact, you know, you're hurrying yourself a little too, too much, and uh, you lose sight of the fact that the main, the main thing you have to do first is catch the ball. And... Uh, Usually, if you catch the ball and you make an accurate throw, a pretty good throw, you'll get the guy. Unless, of course, he had a, an outrageous jump. And most of the times, uh, bases are stolen on the pitchers anyway. So if the catcher catches the ball, makes a good throw, and the guy is safe, generally it wasn't his fault, really. Because uh, some guys who steal are going to get their stolen bases anyway. Like you take a camp in there or something. The guy is, yeah. is a tremendous base runner, and uh, generally when he steals, he makes it. You know, so uh, there's no no uh, big shame in that. You just have to try to make sure that you get all you get the other guys. You know, like the, like the pitchers, uh, the, the 300 hitters are going to get their hits. You know, but you have to kind of make sure that uh, the other guys don't sneak in there run. And uh, that's the thing. If somebody's running. And he's not a particularly uh, adept base dealer. You got to get that guy. You wouldn't, Earl. You wouldn't recommend uh, that coaches try and force a catcher to throw right on the bag and attempted steals, would you? Uh, wouldn't it rather be a little bit better for the kid just to throw to that second base area? Well, that's the way they try to. If you can throw the ball within the arm's length of the bag on either side, it's a pretty, it's a good throw because uh, the fielder can read. You know, it's yes, the arm's the, length either side. You know, can, of course, preferably you'd like to throw the ball right over the middle of the bag, yeah. you know, every time. Yeah. But not too many people do that, right. you know, consistently. All right, now the signals. Important. Mm -hmm. How do you hide them? Well, you basically, you try to you give your signals. You hide them with your glove from the third base coach. Keep your glove on the end of your knee in an open position like that. And then you keep your legs rather close. And then generally you give the signals directly in... in in your crotch, right in the middle, you know, not on the side or any place. 
and then you try to mix up your signals so they don't come in any particular sequence all the time. And that's basically that's it. You know, you just try to cover the signals from uh, their third base and first base coast, and uh, you vary your your signals, the sequence of your signals, and uh, that's about all you can do. Okay, what is a catcher's job on the bunt? Catcher's job on the bunt. First of all, is if he can't get it, right, and he sees that another fielder can get the ball, then his job is to try to is to call the play. Uh, because after all, he's the only guy who can see the whole field, and he can see the positions of uh, the runners and everything else. So he should call the play. Basically, that's his job, you know, to holler loud enough and more than once, you know, and call the play. All right, handling the mask now. Uh, when should it be left on? When should it be taken off? And uh, what do you do with it on pop flies? Well, on a pop fly, the first thing that comes off is the mask. And you're supposed to hold your mask until you locate the ball. And then you flip your mask in the other direction to so try to prevent you uh, from coming back and stepping on your mask. Not only missing the ball, but possibly breaking your ankle or something like that. You know. All right, now, a lot of catchers, youngsters who have been listening to you now, other than the technical part of catching, is there any advice you would like to give them? I think uh, the main advice I would give a, a young catcher is to try to master the art of working with your pitchers. Because uh, hard work and a lot of practice will, uh, you'll pick up the fundamentals, you'll pick up the techniques of catching, but there's a lot more involved to catching than just uh, the mechanics. And uh, the thing that a catcher probably has to master more than anything else is dealing with his pitchers. Uh, he has to, the pitcher has to know and have complete confidence in the catcher, and he has to know that the catcher is doing everything he can do to help the pitcher pitch a good ball game. All right, last question. If you were evaluating a young catcher, what would you look for? I guess the first, the, just durability. Just first of all, a little physical strength, uh, durability. Certainly, he couldn't be afraid to get hit uh, because he's going to take a lot of bumps and bruises. And uh, and I guess that would be the first thing I'd look for: some kind of physical strength and, uh, and some determination. You know, because catching can be a pretty grimy, hard job. Yes, it sure is. And uh, he'd have to be uh, cognizant of that fact. And he'd have to be willing to get in there and get after it. Mm -hmm. Earl Williams, we want to thank you very much.